as soon as we go live, it should be okay. All right, hi everybody. Uh, let me let some other people in the room right now. I'm gonna admit all in. Everybody, as you come in, please uh, make sure that you're on mute. We are also on now on Facebook Live. So this is tonight's uh, Whiskey Wednesday is uh, Gone Wild, and we're going to be talking about rum tonight, uh, the R-H-U-M type of rum. And uh, it's going to be fun. So it's Rumming Wild, of course, with, uh, with Ben Jones is here tonight to get, lead us through this nine rum tasting. It's insane. I don't know why we thought nine rums would be good, but <laughs> what's better than one rum? Nine rums. Yeah, what's better than nine? Ten. Ten. <laughs> so we got nine tonight. Number nine. Number nine. All right, Ben. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it over to you. Ben is, of course, the uh, the director of North America. It, should I say? I think it's more interesting if I say uh, for um, uh, for Rum Clement and Chairman's Reserve rums. Yeah. So there's no know about those, right? Well, sure. So this evening, um, we're tasting through Rum Clement from Martinique and uh, Chairman's from St. Lucia, which that in itself really uh, provides, I think, a great perspective into the diversity of the entire rum category, <clears throat> particularly when you look at the diversity within, within premium rums. Um, St. Lucia, uh, the Chairman's Reserve rums, uh, but St. Lucia really represents what we could kind of define as the English Caribbean style of rum, and then Rum Clement being um, rum agricole. Uh, definitely the ambassador for uh, French style of rum. And we're doing that, and it's amazing, you know, when you taste these rums together, um, you know, these islands are actually uh, neighbors. And so to, 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 to really have two really unique sides of the spectrum of the overall rum category, represented by two islands that are, you know, within 32, 33 nautical miles of each other, uh, it just goes into the, into the just kind of you know, helps to have a taste of, uh, the deep sort of diverse world of, of rums that are coming out of the whole Caribbean basin. Because they're, they are in themselves. And as we're going to get into it tonight, they are very diverse uh, flavor flavors from one to the other. Right. And so when we taste these, I'll, I'll try to help explain what, what's contributing to these different characteristics and flavors and aromas that you're getting and, and how these could be, you know, used. So as you continue your journey into a rum, you can sort of try to pick up and identify on your own you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of rums are what's influencing or what's impacting, affecting, you know, the, the final flavor profile of these rums. All right. Ryan, do you have a lineup that you want to follow? No, you know, I don't. I sort of thought I would leave that up, that would, I would lead that up to you of how, how you want it, because I'd be all over the place on this one. Okay. Does everyone have the, uh, have all of the, the bottles? They have all, everybody has all nine. So, okay. Um, and I know like sort of, you know, we have the spiced, but we also have the Creole shrub and the, right. uh, uh, the coconut, which is sort of almost fall out of category. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll save those towards the end. I think we'll try to follow, uh, a dry to sweet palate and yeah. uh, sort of a younger to older, um, method. So do you guys have the, uh, the Ken blue, Clement Ken blue with a blue label? We do. Okay, we have let's the, start with this one. Ken blue. Yep. I have um, I have right here, and I even have the, the big bottle up on my mantle. There you go. But yes, we all should have these. <clears throat> so the so let, let's start with the Clement Ken Blue. It's a it's it's a white rum agricole. 
Uh, it's got a, a small blue label to it. And the Kendall is a pretty unique, magnificent rum into itself. It's a monovarietal sugarcane distillate, sugarcane rum. So when we talk about rum agricole, which is like the typical style of rum you get from the French Caribbean, and, and in Martinique, we have an AOC for this. Um, this these are rums from sugarcane juice, but the Kendall specifically you're tasting is from one specific sugarcane varietal. Can you, get, can you guess what, what it's called? It's the blue sugarcane varietal. <laughs> it's Ken Blue. Um, <clears throat> and we started bottling a single varietal sugarcane rum like this, the Ken Blue. We started this in 2000 as what was supposed to be just a, um, really just a, a sort of a short off, short term, one off type of experiment, um, doing a single varietal for the, for the year 2000, for the Y2K. And then we, continued with this. I mean, so the, the, the Ken Blue single varietal thing is, you know, we don't grow a lot of it. Uh, it's always kind of a blending varietal, very, very aromatic. Uh, it doesn't give you a lot of sugarcane juice yield, but it gives you tremendous aromas and flavors and what have you. So every year after the 2000, we continue to do like a one-time sort of release and they change the bottle in Martinique every year. And we've been doing that every single year up until now. Um, it's, it's become a, a, a ritual, it's become a ceremony every year annually. Um, the, the, you're getting the same juice that I'm talking about uh, from Martinique, except we don't change the bottle every single year. Ryan would probably um, <laughs> help back me up on why we don't change the bottle every year. You know, I probably get you over the head repeatedly if that happened. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so we have, so the, the, the labels that you see here in the United States, it's the blue cane, but it's one um, consistent bottling with the blue, uh, with the blue uh, label. Um, but the, if you look in the internet, what have you, you'll see that we always do a fantastic release and, and each year the, the bottles are different. And so collectors collect those bottles and, and the juice is fantastic. Um, typical classic white rum article is, is, is at hundred proof. It's 50% alcohol. So that's what you're tasting. You should find the rum quite dry. It's very sippable as it is. Uh, you know, at 100 proof at ambient temperature, you should get nice bulbous floral aromas, um, earthy, greeny, grassy flavors, uh, vegetal flavors, some beanies, some legumes, um, maybe even some brine, some olives. Um, that's this, really is, this is, I, I got to stop, Ben, this is the, like the one thing that all, all the time that I get, as soon as I open up, and this is actually a prime example of it, it a rum agricole, especially one that, that like this, when you open a can of black olives, yeah, a can black olives, that's this almost the same sort of briny vegetal nose that I get. And you can even get taste some some the, the glycerin from the sugar cane, that fattiness. It's like almost like having like a, a thinly sliced Iberico ham, you know, or like a prosciutto type of ham. You get that saltiness to it. So it makes you know it's wonderful as a sipping rum. And can you imagine making cocktails with it? Um one of our favorite cocktails to make, we, we call it a, a, a martini, like playing with the word martinique, like a martini. But um, because of that brightness, it really works well with vermouth. So try like dry vermouth and you would replace, you know, your vodka or your gin with the, the rum clement can blue, something very, you know, flavorful, kind of like botanical that you, you would get from other strong flavored white spirits. And, um, and you know, it's really, I like 50-50. So uh, 50%, uh, you know, dry vermouth or white vermouth, a nice one. Um, and maybe some orange bitters or something like that. Otherwise, the classic cocktail for Monday is the tea punch. The uh, French Caribbean classic cocktail, it's, it is uh, white from Aracol that you have uh, with a touch of sugarcane syrup. I think Ryan has some of our sugarcane syrup in his, in his store as well. I, 
I don't. Yeah, I think we do. We got to get some. Uh, is there one that you stopped making though? There was one. We that stopped the Clamont spiced one, and but we have from JM the um, we have from JM the pure natural sugarcane syrup. I'll have to check with Brendan to make sure we get that because I don't yep. know if we have that in right now. But I, I like some fun. of your products on that on that thing. We've always got yeah a good supply of those, so I'll, I'll have to check on that one. I'm enjoying it quite nicely. Uh, Don yeah. Ackett actually said that it had like she almost got like a tequila. And I think a lot of those uh, young, um, uh, fresh sort of uh, distillates do have some similarities, especially you're not talking about one that's made obviously with grain or anything like that. You're talking like a tequila with the agave and with the sugar cane. I think you get some there are some similarities in the flavor profile of this one. I find more. Um, I think you get more of that vegetal uh, sort of uh, flavor uh, to it that I don't necessarily get with a young tequila or even a, a, a mezcal. I think your uh, all of your tasting notes are phenomenal, and I'm even reading what's you know people are picking up in the chat. So you guys are really appreciating the spirit very well. Um, you're talking about a, a, a vegetal product, you know, coming from sugarcane. Sugarcane is a grass. Um, it's growing less or more in the same latitude as the agave are, and that's also a plant distillate. Um, so there are, you know, there are some synergies, there are some differences, but you're, what you're really getting is fresh, clean flavors. I mean, that's why we really say rum agricole is one of the strongest terroir driven spirits where, you know, it's really, you're really picking up, you know, the volcanic soil and the, you know, the floral grassy flavors of the sugar cane. Very nice. I like that one a lot. And that's a good way to, to sort of segue into, I mean, or to, to be introduced to rum agricole, particularly if you, if you haven't uh, tasted a lot of Martinique rums. Um, we'll go right, we'll stay with Martinique and we'll go right into the age rums. I think the next one you would have, do you have a select barrel? We do have the select barrel. Yeah. That is the one with the, uh, for those of you who know, that's the Clement with the black label. And the select barrel. And it's that select barrel right on. Yeah. So this is what we would be our youngest age rum. And this rum was more or less put together for cocktail usage, um, specifically for the United States market because the cocktail the cocktail consumer probably developed first and uh, that trend developed strongest first in the United States where um, we had, you know, we were able to, to, as a brand, really touch base with the sort of at-home bartender um, who liked to enjoy fine cuisine and cocktails out and, and then host people in their backyard for Memorial Day weekend or, or, or some sort of barbecue. We'll all get back to, to doing those things, uh, getting back together for, for uh, small private gatherings. Um, so this was like, so this was a way that where, where, you know, previously our youngest rum in the market was VSOP and, um, and, you know, people really like working with an age rum. This one doesn't have an AOC to it because it's not fully three years old. Uh, one of the rules of AOC Martinique rum is to put an age statement like VSOP or VO or something like that. You have to have a, uh, you have to be an oak barrel for a minimum of 36 months of uh, three years. So this is younger than three years. Um, and it's a mix of um, new French oak and, and recharred American bur bourbon barrel. And so you get a, really some nice bourbon flavors coming out of it just from that, you know, heavy, heavy, intense. It's a, it's a deep char. Uh, I think it's char five. To, so it's a very, very heavy toast. So it's meant to bring a lot of smoky flavor to it. And ultimately, because we age in Martinique, uh, Martinique, we don't have winter. We have a very heavy, accelerated age climate. Um, we're losing about 8 to 9% angel share, if you know what that means. It's the evaporation of the spirit that's coming out of the barrel. 
Um, <clears throat> that's, you know, more than three times faster than in Kentucky or in, or in like cognac, for example. So the fact that we don't have winter, that's very humid, it really accelerates the aging, the oxidation. So we, you get, you know, when you're working with a very heavily charred oak barrel like that, you, you sear the, the spirit with a lot of color and a lot of flavor in a short amount of time. And, um, and it's, you know, it's really like a nice versatile rum. <clears throat> if I have a small home bar, this would be the bottle that I would have. And, you know, if my, you know, if my good friend, friend came over for, you know, an afternoon cocktail, I would, I would mix it with tonic water or mix a, mix a long drink or, or, or even a mojito or something like that. Um, if I want to have a daiquiri or something like that, it's my daiquiri rum and I can shake it fresh with uh, fresh citrus or what have you. Or I can do something like, you know, stirred and sophisticated with like, you know, try to like a rum Manhattan or rum old fashioned, or it could be a sipping rum with my father-in-law in, you know, in the backyard with a cigar and, and a snifter. So like this one bottle is very, you know, it's, it's kind of like the one that you should have at your, in your home bar because it kind of, you know, can do a lot of different things for, for different occasions. What I like about this is um, even though it's not uh, necessarily a rum agricole, um, I still get some of those flavors coming through. Oh, it's definitely a rum agricole though. Oh, no, I'm just like, I meant like, it's not like that, it's not that fresh uh, yeah, right. silver, you know, it's got some barrel age onto it. But what I do like is it's still there. Um, it's sort of in the background, but you're getting the, um, the influence of the wood is, is, uh, is uh, the top note on this thing. Um, and it's sort of cool because you sort of get a little bit of the best of both worlds with this um, before we get into the real aged rum uh, styles. Um, I can see where this one could be, like you said, pretty versatile. And you're not losing, you're not losing that sort of, sort of freshness that's, that's, that's there with the agricole. You're not really losing that yet. No, it's, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's well put together. What do you guys think? All right. This is a good for mixing some pineapple, little clove bitters or nutmeg cordial. Easy to sip a little sweet vanilla bourbon barrel influence comes through under un, like a little wasabi guys are saying I'm getting a little vanilla and cream, a little spice, probably the bourbon influence. Yeah. Wasabi peas is another one. Um, Aname, uh, Aname, I sort of get that sort of that's a little bit of savoriness to this too. Uh, and then when you add, I think if you add a little water to it, you'll notice that the vanilla will start popping a little bit more and you get a little of that, you know, like creme brulee or maybe even like uh, Jim says that butterscotch, you get a little of that butterscotchy tones. Very nice. I like this one too. I don't think I'm going to, well, you're batting a thousand right now. So, all right. <laughs> I think everybody else is liking these too. So I think you're, you're doing okay, kid. <laughs> It's, it doesn't feel like my first day at all. Does it? It shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so most um, people know Ben's been doing this for quite a while. I know he doesn't look like he's that old, but uh, Ben's been doing this for quite a while and is uh, uh, pretty good, uh, a pretty good authority on 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 the rums. Thanks, Ryan. Um, are we on to VSOP next? Yeah, we should probably do VSOP, which has got the yellow on the bottom, the uh, yellow label. You'll see VSOP right across the middle in black with gold lettering. Um, so tell us about this one now. It's going to say VSOP. So, but what, what, what primarily is the aging on this? So VSOP uh, is a four-year age statement. It's a four-year age statement for Cognac, Armagnac, uh, Calvados, and for Martinique Rum. Those are the four spirits categories that carry the French AOC. Um, you know, the AOC for Martinique rum is the, the it, it has everything to do with the 
parcels of land where we can uh, where we can source the sugarcane from, um, and you know we we have our own estate of, of sugarcane. Uh, that's the 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 period when we can we, we can harvest sugarcane, and you know we have to crush the sugarcane very fresh within 24 hours, but you know we do it in a few hours, two or three hours. Um, how we ferment the sugarcane wine, uh, you know, in the, the the time and temperature and the um, you know time of fermentation. Uh, type of yeast, etc., and then distillation. It's through a, what we call a Creole column, which is a modified Armagnac column, uh, fully copper, and um, and we have to distill between 65 and 75 percent alcohol. So that's quite low, which leaves a, you know really a lot of non-alcoholic parts. Um, that's where you get a lot a, a lot of the flavor from, and then into into aging. So VO uh, would be a three-year age statement. VSOP is a four-year age statement. <clears throat> Clement is not the largest producer by volume by any means in, in Martinique. Maybe we're number three or four, I'm not really sure, but but um, Clamont VSOP, the, the rum that you're tasting is the number one selling singular skew. Um, and it's mainly because of the export. It's, it's uh, well, I mean, it sells very well locally too. It's the number one selling age rum locally, but because really Clamont is the one, uh, you know, not, there's several brands that are exported around, around the world, but Clamont I think is in more than 80 countries now. And the, the most popular product is the Clamont VSOP. So it's kind of the calling card. It's the sort of the, a lot of people's first experience into to discovering rum article from Martinique. Um, it's great because at four years, you know, it's it's very approachable as a sipping rum. But, you know, it was, one, it was our first age rum that we brought to the United States. And, and that was the rum that would be in, you know, rums or racks and old fashions in Manhattans and, and then other, you know, classic rum cocktails. But, um, but it's really sort of the gateway to the whole sipping rum universe that you know that exists in, in rum agriculture, and we're gonna start to go down that path a little bit. What do you guys think of this one? I, I really like that. Now you're getting the, you know, you're getting that age, you're getting that stronger influence of the of the wood on uh, on the uh, on the rum. But you know, even still, just um, you, you're losing some of that. I think some of the earthier tones. But you're getting some other vibrancies that are coming through with the uh, with the the influence of the wood. Yeah, you'll have some, you know, so the the greenness, the freshness of sugarcane will start to dissipate, but it 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 doesn't go away. It really evolves. No. And you start to get some of the some of that, you know, natural sort of, uh, I would say, sort of, you know, in the in the in the, the pretty pretty much in the fruitiness of the sugarcane. Like you you might you might get some like grilled pineapple on the white rum. That will sort of evolve into sort of like a toasted cinnamon, toasted vanilla, Christmas spice. Um, you know, we're using we're using new French oak to really sear the rum, which which brings a lot of flavor. It's very heavy in tannins, and then we're we're finishing and recharred um, buffalo trace bourbon barrels, and and that really allows us to slow down the aging a little bit, but get that nice color. Um, and all of those flavors from the sugarcane are just evolving with the charred oak, and and you know you know coming into their own. You know, you get, you know, you get sort of like, you know, brown sugar flavors that kind of sort of evolve into sort of cedar, tobacco, sort of warm mahogany, you know, aromas as it ages. Ben, I even get on this one, I'm getting almost a little bit of a, uh, uh, of course, I know it's not saline, but a little bit of a saline on the finish. I'm getting like this, uh, something that would act almost the same thing across the mid palate of, of salt. Yeah, and I think oh that comes with goes back to terroir. I mean, we're so close to the sea on the eastern side of the uh, on the eastern side of the of Martinique, so we're on the on the Atlantic side, the windward side, and that's uh, that goes into the terroir, terroir. Um, 
I do get, uh, I, I do see how you get the, like the salinity, like, and that's really one of the calling cards for, for Kamal because of where we are. And then, you know, I was saying before how Martinique and, and rum agricole itself, like we produce, you know, very strongly with terroir driven spirits. And so Rumsey might find from the Western side of the mountain, which, you know, are, are simply like in a hotter, more arid region, you're going to get stronger, fruitier flavors, you know, than the savory profile they get with the, with the, all the Clamont rums. What do you guys think of this one? How do you, how's everybody feeling on this mega zone? Uh, Sarah, how did you like this one? Jer says, uh, mm, yum. So I love those tasting notes, Jer. Is anyone getting like, um, like a burnt citrus peel or orange orange zest <clears throat> maybe uh, zest. i don't see anybody saying that yeah but anybody get that like a so you want you're talking about more the like the peel rather than like yeah the the peel, like the, the citrus oil when you like you know because i'm telling you like if you if you guys like old fashions make yourself a rum old fashioned with with Clement vsop and then you got that sort of orange zest or that grapefruit peel that goes in your old fashioned and it's a perfect, perfect marriage. Well, we can start, you know, later on, we'll have a, a great orange uh, uh, to play around with, with even with, with yep. doing that, right? Because you can even use it. Um, I didn't, uh, Mega said, Megazone said he really didn't pick up the citrus himself, but it, he says it, he, he definitely sees how they can work with that. And Julian says it's definitely zesty. You get that zestiness to it. I like this one too. So um, what I like about them is they're all a little bit, you know, the, we're all, we're basically, I know the other one we're working with just the um, one specific type of sugar cane, but where there's, there's definitely um, a DNA that's running through all of these. So I'm assuming that even though they're blended and stuff like that, that you're basically working with the same uh, uh, base distillate. Right. Uh, base or distillate. What's that? Yes, of course. Yeah, the same base core distillate. Um, you know, as we went from, you know, you're you're gonna see the parallel now. I think we're going into XO now. Yep. Oh, we can go to XO. Sure. Is that the is that the last of the H rums? Uh the XO would be the last one. Right, and then we're gonna we're gonna save Mahina Cocoa and Creole Shrub for later, and then so we'll go to Chairman's Reserve, I think, after that. So the the last. Well, we will say true Martinique Romarco expression will be this XO. <clears throat> and the XO is a uh, six year age statement. So going back again, BO is three years, VSOP is four years, and now XO is six years. Megazone's got it. And that's uh, all six years are spent in. Uh, reuse bourbon barrels, American oak. All right, we have a, we have a question from Paul. I know some runs have a bit of mosh pit of plant mather. Anything other than sugar cane in these? Um, I think, Paul, you're th thinking more of the muck pits in Jamaica, yeah. potentially. Um, <clears throat> and that is definitely uh, that is definitely one of their strongest thumbprints in Jamaica. Uh, and not every producer does it, but it's a very old school way of uh, flavoring rums from hundreds of years ago that has become coming back in fashion. Um, they make these muck pits with all sorts of things. Um, probably a lot of things I would rather not say on uh, <laughs> on a live Zoom that's being recorded on Facebook, but uh, I would just put it into as cane trash. 
So a lot of uh, spent sugar cane, bagasse, um, the leaves, what have you, but maybe some other beasts, you know, vermins and, and other things that come from the sugar cane fields go in there. And, and they just, it basically, it, it creates bacteria and they want that bacteria to ferment and it becomes real funky. And then they, um, yeah, they want to, they want to add that into their fermentations to get those acids. And anyway, we don't do that in Martinique. Uh, Martinique is just fresh, fresh sugar cane juice. The sugarcane juice ferments uh, spontaneously into a sugarcane wine. That's about four and a half, five percent ABV alcohol. That that happens about twenty four hours, and then we distill it once to get you know fresh, vibrant, very bright uh, sugarcane distillate. The white Romero. Home. Now, when you when you're waiting six years to do this, Ben, uh, yeah. to, to do this, what's your uh, what's your percentage of angel share that's out of the barrel at six years old? Uh, we are. We are let now at uh, maybe 20 20, 25%. 25% gone. Yeah. So 75% of the barrel left. Right. Okay. I mean, what what does happen, I, I'll tell you, Ryan, is that we top off the barrels. So in the in the science of of the evaporation, basically, what's going on in the physics of the of the aging is that as as the barrel is oxidizing and there's spirit evaporating out of the, the cask, the evaporation actually will accelerate as the cask is more and more depleted. Right. So every year we top off the barrels, but we top off the barrels exactly from the same batch. Um, so it's always, that's how we can declare vintages and whatnot. So it's always by batch. And therefore, if we take 100 barrels and every year we top off, it's called wiage. If we lined up a hundred barrels and emptied them into an oak vat and then refilled the oak barrels, we'd probably have eight or nine empty lying on the floor. And we would replace, you know, put 91 or 92 back into the cellar, which then we repost those barrels and we reuse them again. So if you do that every year, uh, you know, you're losing, <clears throat> you're, you're losing about eight barrels per year. Uh, Todd has a question. He says he has a Clement bottle that is marked as age six years, but is not noted as VSOP. Is this the same, just a different bottling? That would it, XO does anyway. It say, does it say come on six years? Is that yeah? That's your question, right? Yes. It, yeah. So it used to say six years, and then we repackaged it. Um, I don't know. That was quite a while ago. So that's a nice old bottle. Um, I want to say we repackaged five or six, seven years ago. And we yeah, we, I think so too. Yeah. So we, we yes, yeah, so it's the same. It's exactly the same juice. Um, and definitely a collector's item now. This is quite, this is really nice. I, I like the uh, the XO. It's, it's showing enough um, enough age to it. Still get the vibrancy is still there. Um, you know, which is you're you're getting sort of it. Okay, so when you even though you're refilling barrels, you're getting that angel share, and you do you are getting sort of also that um, that exposure to air um, as you're doing this. So I, I find that like it almost accelerates. Like when we pick, we pick bourbon barrels a lot of times, just out of, we, we pick blind. And a lot of times we'll find that a barrel that we pick um, had a little bit extra um, angel share that went out of it, or it had a leak. And therefore it's been sitting there with less volume of liquid in it um, and exposed to the air a little bit. And we always find like some of those, they age sort of, they age a little bit differently, but they age nicer um and it's more it's more pleasant so i'm getting a little bit of that vibe from this six-year-old um as i would as i would side of those 
heavily angel shared barrels. And I'm and I'm a big proponent of drinking younger rums. Um, I mean, I don't do well for for sales when I when I talk about some of our older stuff. I mean, people like to buy our, our older stuff, but the the uh, for me personally, the six year and then the ten year that we have. To me, there's, there's between six years and ten years of you know those are those are my personal favorites. And you know, and I'll tell you, we we have a fifteen year old rum out there that's great. It's delicious. Um, personally, for me, I, I I think that when you get to six years and you're really still able to get you know. You can still see where the rum came from and and you're still getting fresh oak and i think you're right on ryan with when you get you know sometimes too much tannins and what have you yeah really nice i like it a lot wow those are that, that's a really nice lineup so that's rum clement and that's rum agricole you're getting you got white and aged um we'll come back to martinique uh i guess we'll save it towards the end I'll, we'll figure okay. out the right order um but let's go to uh to saint lucia so Picture yourself on a catamaran. Uh, it takes anywhere between two to two to four hours to sail by catamaran, um, depending on how how the wind's blowing that day. <clears throat> and you land uh, just to the south. Uh, Saint Lucia was formerly an English island. Uh, it went independent in 1979, so they're on their 42nd year of independence. Um, <clears throat> being a an English Caribbean island, um, they're heavily influenced and in, and in, you know. Of producing English style rums, you know, prior to, you know, in, in history of, of rum trade, etc. Uh, as Martinique was trading always with France, um, you know, St. Lucia, Barbados, Jamaica, they were trading with the UK. And, uh, and, you know, the UK became, you know, took a flavor to certain styles of rums. And, and, and I would say that the style of rums produced in, in those islands has probably also been heavily influenced by the Scotch whiskey industry, like the type of stills they would use and, um, and distillation methods and what have you. So lo and behold, um, you know, what I would say uh, is kind of the things that you can sort of, you know, you know, if I could, if I could leave anything with you guys today with everything that we're, we're, we're doing with this workshop is, is try to give you guys some proper vocabulary and some descriptors and some adjectives to use. Um, and so, you know, we, with St. Lucia uh, and, and Barbados and Jamaica, these English style rums, you know, they, they are basically dominated by uh, a style of rum blending column still and pot still pot stills together and producing rum on a column still and producing rum at a pot stills really gives you wildly different end results. And uh, these distilleries that are in Barbados and Jamaica and St. Lucia and, and in, even in, in Guyana um, are very famous for blending these uh, things together or, or doing different releases. They, they, can, they make a, a wide variety of rooms like this. That's very, very different than what we were talking about before in Martinique, where it's all from a column and it's all from sugarcane juice. And then going back to the English Caribbean, they're, they're doing you know, different types of fermentations to get different types of flavors. I would say St. Lucia does all of this remarkably well. Um, and they've been learning sort of by accident for the last 30 to 40 years. Um, they, they, they've, they've done an insane amount of trial and error and sort of self-taught themselves to, to fall in the way so that they could make rums that were competitive with their bigger brothers like Mount Gay or like Appleton or like Eldorado, like, which are big established brands from their, from their sort of in-house and in-neighborhood competition. And Lori Barnard, Lori Barnard is the son of Dennis Barnard, who founded the original distillery in 1931. 
And Lori Barnard really took a passion for rum after he finished his studies. He came back and worked at his father's rum distillery, I think at 21, and he was basically running the show by 24 years old and, and really read, you know, read a lot and consumed a lot of knowledge out there, you know, studying about how all different types of spirits were, were produced around the world. And slowly over time, um, you know, he really tinkered and played with, with the equipment that was on hand, as well as, you know, what he invested in, how he built the distillery around it. So today, St. Lucia Distillers, <clears throat> I think the word craft is overused a lot, but like, but St. Lucia Distillers is what I could tell you is the most bona fide, authentic sort of craft distillery, because it's really been Frankenstein sort of Mr. Potato Head, like put together by Mr. Laurie Barnard with, you know, now we've got a small little John Dorwin pot still that he started with in 1995. Um, he he had his column still already in place, but he starts to play with, you know, different types of extraction points of pulling rum off the still to get different flavors. Um, he he acquires a, a Vendome hybrid pot still, which is coming from Louisville, which is sort of designed for running, you know, making bourbon, and he's running rum through it. It's got a it's a hybrid still because it's got a little column on top of a pot, but you know that's that's classified as a pot because it's batch fed single single batch. Um, you know, the John Doerr one that he, I mentioned before and the John Doerr two, the John Doerr two came after. It's quite literally 10 times the size of the John Doerr one, but these are classic uh, Caribbean double retort pot stills, which are modified uh, single malt whiskey stills. Uh, he started playing his own sugar cane that he took from Barbados just to propagate his own sugar cane yeast. And uh, he created his own proprietary sugar cane yeast, um, which we use for all, all of our age drums, I think, almost all of our age drums now. Plus, you know, he, he's played with different other yeasts. And then he's, you know, gets passionate about different barrels, wine barrels, Chardonnay barrels, Red Zinadel barrels, uh, French brandy barrels, Grappa barrels, uh, Madeira port. And all of this was just tinkering and all of this was kind of putting this together. And so really at the end, the, 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 what Laurie really left as his legacy is to not go out and so much declare age statements. He's really not about the age of the product. He's really more talking about the maturity. He always wanted to express the maturity of the product and how well it aged. But more than that, giving his team a very diverse, wide variety of distillates and maturates to blend together. If you can imagine, we have 52 maturates and distillates, maturates being aged uh, products and distillates being white products. and so think about giving a painter, you know, watercolor painter, 52 different colors to paint with, and you can paint whatever you want. You can make any sort of art piece and any sort of show piece that you want. Chairman's Reserve is the ambassador. It's the, it's the passport to St. Lucia that kind of embodies the legacy of Laurie Barnard. This is the brand that he founded to really put out there, uh, you know, to, put, to basically to put St. Lucia back on the map again so that it could be recognized next to Appleton, next to Mount Gay. And, um, and he's doing quite well. And, and St. Lucia really has taken, you know, this sort of uh, identity of this, you know, very diverse type of rum, <clears throat> the blends of the pot and column stills and, uh, and the different fermentations and having the different distillations that they're making their own sugarcane juice rum there, um, putting all these components together and, and, and making wonderful diverse rums, really different flavor profile than you just experienced from Martinique. You won't see age statements, as I already said. The Chairman's Original is the first one you're gonna, you're gonna taste. Um, that rum is between three and six years old. This is really sort of classifies what I was talking about with, with Lori's style. He would, he would take 
younger, fresher rums from the column still. <clears throat> so like at three years old, and then marry them with five, six, seven-year-old pot distilled rums, much more stronger flavor. The pot still gives you, well, the Vendome would give you some like sort of rubbery sort of salinity, candle waxy flavor to it. <clears throat> I know those don't sound great, but they're really good components when you're blending rum together. Um, and then, you know, the pot stills, you know, you, you, you get like sort of like some fatty oils to it. And then you got the freshness coming off the column still. And when, you, when they all get married together, you're really creating another rum. You're creating another elixir. And he would let that marry and sit for about six months and then release it to you as what you're tasting as the chairman's original, the chairman's reserve. And it became named as the chairman's reserve because uh, he was the chairman, he is the chairman. And um, it's simply because uh, the one that he uh, picked, they, the, somebody in the lab, when he picked the final blend, somebody took a piece of masking tape and said reserve for the chairman. <clears throat> and they, they, they ran with it as a brand name. And it's really, a, it's Laurie Barnard's first real baby that was released out into the world from St. Lucia. All right. So what are you guys now? You're all trying the chairman's, just so you know, everybody's on the same page. We're trying the chairman's reserve, but we're trying the original. It sort of has the, um, uh, the paper or the light, light cream color uh, label. And it's a, this is going to be completely different than what we just had because the whole process behind this is different and we are actually now more talking about i say you're more talking about the art of the blend than the art of the blend is actually the tagline <laughs> okay, well then I, I i nailed the tagline again you can you can continue to use it then uh, <laughs> but this is but this is uh what what it's going and I, and I just looked up sarah's now on the island so uh i just noticed that when <laughs> i looked up everybody's changing their everybody's changing their uh their backgrounds on me up there Next thing I know, I'm going to be, I'm going to see uh, penguins walking by. I don't know, but, um, uh, but this, the, the flavor profile of this is, is very, very different. And now you're starting to get into like really sort of almost strong flavors ar around the block on this one. Um, there's, there's nothing light and delicate about this. It's, it's a, it's a sledgehammer approach, um, but very balanced. In, in its aspect of everything go, come, just coming together on this. And I think it really over delivers in value. I mean, I think it's 25 or $27. And I, I forgot that's the only thing I didn't do is get out the price. However, I will tell everybody that if they have not gotten it, they will be getting it. An email, um, hopefully Bob has sent those out. We should be getting an email with all of the um, rums that we're trying tonight. Uh, a link to all of those, and they are going to be 10% off tonight. So you can actually buy full-size bottles instead of little, instead of wee little bottles. You can uh, get your full-size bottle of your favorite and also save some money on them too. So, um, and those will have all the pricing in it too. So hopefully Bob has sent those out. I, I will check with him, make sure that he has. Uh, he just sent me a thing. They are sent. They went out at 7.30 today, so you're, you should be all getting the 10% offs now. So we call that a, we call that a Zoom flash. I hope, yeah, I, hope, I hope I'm on that list. No, you're not on that list. <laughs> I didn't make the list. <laughs> we'll make sure you get it. But this, right? You guys, what do you think of this? Really, like, some different, definitely some different notes. Um, let's see. Well, let's see what everybody says. So, uh whiff of smoke okay 
Sarah appropriate. Oh, well, okay. She's talking about something different. I don't know. What she, uh, maybe some smoked fish. Uh, very much the style of rum I like. Um, I was given a butter cookie with this. Heaven. I need cookies for the rest. Okay. Uh, that was uh, that was Donna. Uh, definitely uh, saline, smoky, and a little bit of rubber notes in that one. I'll definitely be getting some. Paul was saying because he liked that. Pre, you don't have to pre-order. You can just you can just uh, buy it. Uh, you should get a. Uh, there, everything should be in stock. I think we have at least at least six of everything in stock right now. But we can we can get some. Uh, we we if we run out, don't worry. We'll honor it and get more for you. Uh, in case something happens. Uh, top shelf center. Everybody's telling me now where my rum is on my shelves, uh, Ben. They have this, they have, they know, they, 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 they know already, already pre, pre-looked at this stuff. I think they know your story. Uh, some of the bottles are defective and cannot be opened. Jerry, are you having problem opening your bottles? I can't reseal mine. That's usually not a problem for me, but... <laughs> Because I would have to reseal them with something in it, but um, if, if you're having a problem with any of them, let uh, bring it back. I, I think we have some left. I can swap it with you. Uh, hold it on the bottom rim. That's how I get it open. Okay. So there's actually tricks to opening up the bottles. I guess Ben, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I didn't know there was a. I didn't know there was a test, but obviously, guess we have to drink it all, Megazone. You're right. If you cannot reseal it. There's only one solution to that problem, and that is to finish drinking. And I don't care because you guys are all at home. Have fun. <laughs> all right. So um, I think that brings us up to speed on what everybody. Uh, Jer, I hopefully got his bottle open. All right. What do you guys think of this? Um, I like this one too. I, I think it's got some really nice tones to it. I'm still, you know what I get in this um, on the nose. Um, Jute rope. Does anybody know what jute rope is? Have you ever tied off like evergreens in the wintertime? It's out of this rough spun uh, rope that you use that um, actually gives so it won't break the branches. And it's got this like almost like this creosote sort of uh, smell to it. Um, this, that, this, this on the nose has that for me. Very nice. I like it. It's one of the only things I look forward to with tying the tree was the smell of between the pine and the jute rope. Uh, in the winter, uh, in the fall, putting those together, but really nice. I like that one. So, what are we talking about with the next one? What is the forgotten cast all about? I'm assuming <laughs> that's where we're going to go next. No, forgotten cast is next, and uh, so forgotten cask is is um, basically the the big brother to the the last one you just had, the chairman's reserve. Uh, forgotten cask came about kind of as a oh. as a bad accident. In 2007, the distillery suffered a terrible fire. The distillery itself was okay, and most of the aging cellars, but the barrel prep area um, and the blending area and um, and then all the administrative building and all, all of that went went down. And um, and so what you know, it, it took about two and a half to three years, I understand, <clears throat> to um, to basically bring everything back. To the way it was, um, and in, in that interim period, you know, everyone was working out of like portable trailers, and and the whole site, the whole campus was kind of a mess. Uh, they brought in, you know, containers and and places to store things, and and you can just imagine the uh, disruption that it caused. What some barrels they've had 
from the fire, they they um, you know were trying to find places to 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 put them and and to put them away, and several barrels and something like forty barrels of Chairman's Reserve, which were during the marrying process, were put into a you know into a container and locked away. And then I I guess what I understand was that on top of that, someone you know stacked pallets of glass and labels and cardboard or something like that, but. But I, I told you that the, the Chairman's Reserve barrels that were put away were in their marrying process. That means that what I said to you before was that, you know, Lori would like to take three-year-old column still rum and five, six, and seven-year-old pot still rum and marry it together and then let them sit and hang out for six months. But what did happen is that those rums didn't sit for six months. They sat for another three years. And so it wasn't Chairman's Reserve anymore. It was this wonderful blended rum that had aged basically double double the aging. And so it was released in the UK market because that was really the only export market that St. Lucia Distillers was in as a limited edition known as the Forgotten Cast. And it was a huge hit. Um, there's still bottles floating around that go, fetch you know, several thousands of pounds. Um, and there was a huge demand from the, um, from the UK importer to say, we have to continue making this. And um, it was right about the time where we acquired St. Lucia Distillers in 2016. It, it was already a work in progress, but we accelerated it to, to say, you know, we, we worked with, um, you know, with their blending team and, and, uh, and to, to, we had a bottle and we, we basically mimicked the, mimicked the process, um, marrying that. And, and in fact, we let it age uh, four years, a little more than four years. Um, we increased the pot still uh, component into it a little bit more to, to get that flavor that smoky flavor and um and voila it's a it's the forgotten cast so it's a permanent uh, permanent horse in our stable in the chairman's reserve um collection we have the chairman's original now you have the forgotten cast and then we've just recently released we don't have it in minis yet but we just recently re released chairman's legacy which is another blended rum which has some more sugarcane distillate in it which is really good you can get the 750 ml version at ryan's but uh, we didn't have the we didn't have the uh, 50 mLs yet. That. Don't think I'm not. I gotta check with. Uh, I gotta check with Geo. I'm not sure we have that one in right now. Or yeah, we no, have the, that. We just released it at the beginning of this year. Um, we yeah, keep, and it's. it's I'll have to check on that. Brendan's on this. Brendan will definitely check because he's on this. Uh, he's on this uh, Zoom, so uh, he's probably already texting me that yeah we have it or or we don't have it in yet or whatever the story is. <laughs> this one has a. This is a very. Um, the flavor depth on this one is 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 amazing. How is it with cookies, Ryan? I didn't have it with cookies. I think Donna was the one having it with cookies. Donna, was it you that was having it with you cookies? Can't, you can't you can't mess with it. I mean, try with cookies, ice cream. Good. Yeah. Cookies, good. Cookies, good. Donna, Donna's given the uh, cookie monster seal of approval. Cookies. Yeah, these are these butter cookies I got from Wegmans, and they're amazing with this. <laughs> There you go. There yes. you go. Ringing, ringing endorsement. So <clears throat> now, love is good on its own, by the way. But cookies help. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. <laughs> now, can you just draw back? You know, twenty minutes ago to the experience after we we tasted EXO. Uh, we tasted BSOB. We tasted EXO as a drum, and now we're tasting Chairman's Reserve and Chairman's Forgotten Cask. And um, you know, we're talking about rums of of similar age and and uh, you know, coming from two different islands that are side by side. And and really different experiences altogether. Yeah, I, you know, it just shows you like the diversity that goes into 
rum making, I think is one of the, it, it de- definitely has one of the, um, almost the biggest spectrums. Um, like whiskey. I mean, it's like if you have a, you know, a single malt scotch and a, and a small yeah. bourbon, you know, that they're, they're, you're both in the, you know, they're both in the whiskey category, but you know, there are bourbon drinkers that don't like scotch and vice versa. Yep, exactly. Very, very nice. I like this. I, I, I even like this one. I think, uh, I think Megazone said this is maybe his favorite, I think, right now. Jur was able to get this bottle open because he said, this is my rum jam. So uh, <laughs> I was happy to see that he was able to get the bottle open. Anybody else? How about uh, is this? Is this everybody? A couple, uh, it sounds like this is a couple of people's favorites. How about? Uh, okay. For me, a lot of the Clement I thought would be good cocktail flavors wouldn't get buried. This I wouldn't want to mix as good as, as it is. Right. Just wants to drink this one straight up. Uh, Ray says, very good. Love the, uh, Ray, are you on to the spice rum? We haven't gotten there yet, Ray. You're jumping ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of, we were trying to open the bottle. So I, had, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard so that. I, I sort of missed it. And so I jumped oh. in there. So. All right. So Raymond, why don't you, why don't you leave the tasting of the spice rum? What are you, really, what are you tasting? What are you getting I, out of it? Ice rum is fabulous. Ice rum is fabulous. <laughs> Everyone, so there everyone, I was, let's mom. Catch up to Ray. Let's catch so, up to Ray. Everyone's yeah. just So there I was, mom, with all these bottles in front of me. So I just I had to make sure that they could open them, and so I opened all of them. <laughs> all right. So everybody, you could. Uh, Ray has said that you could all uh, open up the spice rum now. Just on the nose itself, just like, I mean, come on, the nose on this uh, alone. It smells like Christmas. Yeah, it even goes further than that. Like, you know, you get that, definitely get that like clove in there too, which is really cool. You know, there's so many spice rums and the, the, the problem with a lot of them is that this, the spice mixture is almost identical. Well, because it's a, a lot of a lot of the big commercial brands, um, you know, the spice mixture is is a bag of white powder of vanilla, right? And, and then this one, you can smell the difference. And so, what you're smelling is authentic, genuine Saint Lucian culture. Um, spice drum really came about in the English Caribbean. Um, you know, back back hundreds of years ago, um, you know, people were trying to, uh, you know, they're they're trying to make rum, and most of it was terrible. And everybody had different methods of trying to, to fix it and try to make it taste better. Uh, some would, you know, put in a barrel and age it, and some would try to put fruit and cane trash and all this other stuff to it. And and uh, some other people used it um, really as a vehicle to deliver the health benefits of the roots and the bark and the spices that were that were around. Um, you know, the 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 deep intertwined in Saint Lucia and the and the and the West Indian culture is is using sea moss. Uh, you know these bark when we uh, bark local bark known as boabonde or calcan which is a root um, or horny goat weed <laughs> it's a thing and they make these like you know tremendous elixirs you know you can go throughout the open air market on the side of these rum shops and they use you know straight from the still strength rum and they're macerating all of these cloves and and roots and barks and spices and like the boabonde which is a natural aphrodisiac and they're making these spice drums and then the you know the barks and the roots and all this stuff it's really spicy and it's, it's really bitter <clears throat> so they'll add like sugar and grenadine and what have you and like these are how real spice drums have always put you know been composed and put together and that these are the real genuine spice drums you get in the market <clears throat> in the open air market you know and for sure in saint lucia but like saint vincent or barbados what have you 
the stuff that you know you know has got you know some pirate in front of it and all the other stuff that you know the, the big brands have you know that you guys know that's that they're trying to be like a spice drum but they make that you know with a with a powder with a powder keg um you know chairman's reserve you know taking that you know we start with that chairman's original that you tried before so that blended rum and then it's really taking all the local ingredients, all the components of what represents true, genuine, authentic St. Lucian rum. And so there is Bois Day in there, so watch out. <laughs> and Bois Day, if you don't know what Bois Day is, it's uh, that's the word. It's basically the Creole, Creole French word for hard wood. So there is an intentional double entendre when you uh, when when they named <laughs> Bois Day. Um, so there's natural cinnamon. Uh, clove, vanilla bean, of course, um, but there's coconut rind, there's uh, lemon peels, there's uh, golden apples, which are those spiny golden apples and, and raisin plums, and all of these different, I mean, there's 23 different spices and flavor components that are all macerated individually in their own tanks. Some of these tanks are two or three gallons, some of them are 10, 15 gallons, um, and, and some of them need to macerate for three or four weeks, and some of them only like three or four days just because of the, the potency and the, and the pungency of these different ingredients and then they all all these strong sort of elixirs get blended with the chairman's original rum and you have a true spa, uh, spice drum so that's the real authentic genuine saint lucia spice drum but in a commercially delivered package and so you don't get the crazy horner goat weed 140 proof spice drum off the street now, how many how many people know the uh the the recipe to put this thing together though because it seems like to me there would be a lot of different uh you know, mixing this up is 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 more of a, this is more now more of a science to make Every, sure. Yeah, but everybody, everybody's grandmother in St. Lucia has a recipe and everybody will have a huge debate about who has the best one. <laughs> so, so who has it at the uh, distillery for you guys? Oh, we have it. It's, it's, it's uh, for sure in the lab. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, we, there's only three monks in the lab and, and only those monks know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like this one though. I think this is um, adds a different when you say spice rum. I think this is a sort of a totally different uh, 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 take on it too. Yeah. So I can see why uh, why Ray uh, automatically jumped to this one. Um, and you, I think you probably have a couple uh, people here that have a new uh, favorite spice rum now. And then what do we have left? We have Creole shrub and mahina cocoa. I think. Right? Yes, we do. Let's go to Creole Shrub, and then we'll finish with the cocoa. Okay. So we're now we're going to jump back on our catamaran and sail back to Martinique. <laughs> a lot of sailing, but I think we'll all take that. Oh, it's worth uh, it. We'll take, I mean, we'll take you that. Could, down you, the could take a, you could take a little prop plane. It only takes like 12 or 14 minutes by plane. <clears throat> um, so we're going to go to, we're going back to Martinique, and we're going to stick with uh, the culture. But the culture is uh, is now we're in the French West Indian culture, um, and the shrub is not so different than what I, the story I told you with the spice drum uh, shrub in Martinique. Every family has their own recipe for shrub. Um, the shrub came, the, the sort of the popularity of shrub came to be really going back hundreds of years ago. Um, you know, it's deeply intertwined into, I guess you'd say like the Christmas holiday season. Um, you know, Martinique is a deeply Catholic island. And so All Saints Day is a very important day, uh, November 1st. And it's also coincides with basically the end of the citrus harvest uh, in Martinique. And so the, on, on All Saints Day would be a day where you'd, you'd want to go out and, and harvest um, 
the basically the expiring citrus and and you would process it and and use high proof white rum agricole as the preservative to preserve and to be able to use that uh, the benefits of the citrus and when, when they were harvesting the the end of the citrus there was a game for children where they would peel the zest off of the orange or the lime or the citron, the, the citrus they were using, grapefruit or what have you. And they would peel, um, the, 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 the game, the trick was to peel all of the zest, all of the peel in one peel and make a spiral. And then they would use those spirals to, for decorations on the Christmas tree. But whatever didn't, you know, make it as a, as a Christmas ornament was all processed to pulp the peels everything with uh, white rum, <clears throat> and then it would sit in the sun and macerate and color the, the rum and make it orange and, and you know, obviously get the orange flavor and the bitterness of the, the peels and, and then orange of the into the rum. And then they would add spices to it. And that's where the families have different recipes. So you definitely see a lot of cinnamon and vanilla and clove and nutmeg, uh, which are all ingredients that you're tasting there. And this is the Clamont family recipe that's come into you know a commercial liqueur that Creole shrub for Clamont has been very, very popular for, I, I mean, all of my life. Um, I would say at least from the 60s. And uh, it's been exported and it's really, you know, it, it falls into that category with like Grand Marnier and, and Cointreau as an orange liqueur and mix, mixes into margaritas and what have you. But in Marnique, it's, it's a very, very much a seasonal thing in November, December. Um, and it's, you know, it's something that we, we uh, use for the, the Chante Noel, which is kind of like Christmas caroling. Everybody makes like a Christmas ham and they, they make their own shrub and they go from house to house caroling and, and sharing their, each other's shrubs and what have you. And, um, and it's, you know, it's, that's where it's, that's how it was born. And I mean, I grew up with this um, when I was younger. I mean, I grew up in Maine, but um, I, if I, if I, I didn't really introduce myself to the beginning. But um, my mother is from Arnique, and my mother's, you know, I'm, my mother and I are part of the Clamont family. So, growing up, visiting the island, and, and going to Marnique um, and enjoying shrub like that was was uh, amazing. And then, so here I am now talking to you guys on a computer screen uh, about the culture, well, you know, the culture of, of shrub and, and our rum. And uh, never, I could never tell you that when I was like six, seven, eight years old, you know, down there, that I thought I was going to be a sharing shrub with uh, with all of you virtually. <laughs> now, uh, Megazone, uh, why is this a shrub? Uh, somebody asked Stephen, everybody's. Shrub is, um, I mean, so shrub is is basically, the, the word basically is for making, uh, uh, making some sort of preservative. Uh, some people know shrubs that come from like stone fruit, you know, very popular in old days from, you know, the middle Atlantic from like Maryland and Virginia and Pennsylvania, what have you. <clears throat> and in all of those other cases, they would use vinegar as the preservative, but we didn't have grapes and grain and barley and whatnot in Marnique. So the preservative would have been the white rum and doing the same thing. You're taking anything, you know, we didn't have stone fruit so much, but you're, you're preserving uh, the citrus and it could be a whole citrus salad. It could, you know, it's predominantly what we call citron, which are those, they're oranges. They're really an orange because the flesh inside is orange, um, but the skin is actually like a greenish yellow sort of orange, but more of a greenish yellow orange. Um, <clears throat> and that's what we call citron. And then you have different varieties of, of like carousel oranges and, and, um, and uh, grapefruit and what have you. I like this a lot. I mean, um, I've replaced it in some of my um, my drinks um, rather than using, you know, the the other popular um, 
orange flavors because it's just not it's not it's not just the orange flavor it's a bunch of other stuff too yep uh, and, and, and the flavors well, come through by the way it mixes very well particularly with agave stuff um you know mezcal and tequila yep. you know again having that sugarcane distillate as its base uh, makes it marry well you know makes it play well in cocktails with other um vegetal plant distillate bases you know when 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 you when you start mixing with you know hotter like sort of triple sec like great neutral spirit bases and whatnot like you have you end up having to use a lot more sugar to mask the burn and and the uh, and the sugarcane distillate really lets lets to have like a very smooth easy delivery it's sweet but it's not unctuous and it's really well balanced we're very well integrated yeah what megazone said is correct it's it's nice that it's 40 percent too yeah you know it still has some oomph to it um some of these things are bro down or um sort of watered down alcohol wise and then bring the drink the drink itself down this does not which is nice all right are you guys ready for something very different i think i always find this very different so what's our next one mahina cocoa i mean we're, we're you, you can't go to the caribbean without having a little bit of a suntan lotion little co little coconut desperation and suntan lotion that's, that's <laughs> But I say suntan, suntan lotion because usually that's the grill in the room. A lot of people that uh, like, you know, won't don't like coconut rum or coconut liqueur or won't admit to it. I, I do believe there are two people in this world, people that don't like coconut rum and people that, uh, I'm sorry, people that do like coconut rum and then the other people that don't want to admit to it. <laughs> well, the flavor profile is good. Actually, I know somebody that actually cannot taste coconut. So it's oh, a really? hard thing for them. Yeah. Um, what I love about this is if you, if you drink this and think about it, it's not sweet. It's um, it's the coconut flavor without <clears throat> sort of that, that little bit more, that's uh, sugary sweetness that goes along with it. And that's because it's really natural. Um, you know, the, Natural really always beats artificial, no matter what. That's that's it's it's always it's always going to win. Um, you know the the it's really liqueur. It's it's very low proof. I think it's eighteen percent ABV, so thirty six proof. Um, you know we it's, we we basically I don't know if we were pressured into it so much, but we started making this in the nineties mainly because the touristy sort of hotels wanted something uh, because the, the, that's what the market was demanding was sort of these like sort of tropical pina colada style drinks. And, uh, you know, the, because of the tariffs and, you know, there's not a lot of anything really important to Martinique other than, you know, you get your Jack Daniels and you get your Hennessy cognac and whatnot, but um, people are very, very proud of their, of the rum in Martinique. And so there was, there was a demand for, for a coconut product. Um, not to get you know people are very very proud and arrogant to a, to a fault with uh with how proud they are to the, with their rum so there would no, never be any malibu to come into to martinique no would never be <laughs> never touch our shelves um <clears throat> but we did not want to make a coconut rum we wanted to make a coconut liqueur because it was really designed to mix with our other white rum you know so the it's really a modifying spirit in my opinion to modify to bring you a coconut fresh coconut ingredient if you're using coconut in anything whether it's cooking or any sort of cocktail you know i hope you would use like the mahina cocoa because it's it's it is it is not sweet it's not unctuous it's just very bright uh, and it comes from the freshness of the coconut we use a purveyor from guadalupe a neighboring french island 
Um, that's all they do is coconut, car coconut oil, coconut soap, coconut candles, coconut uh, everything. Um, and so we, we, we source young coconut flesh. It's, it's sold as like adolescent coconuts so are not fully ripened so it's still very very pungent and then it comes in these large sort of tea bags in this kind of coconut oil solution but we just cut open that those bags and it goes into a large stainless vat with very high proof you know pure white rum agricole and that maceration happens for like 72 hours and then we add a little bit of sugarcane syrup to um to bring the, the that depth of sugar and that sweetness that you're getting and then and then you're getting reverse osmosis water bringing it down very you know you know, we, we make you know large batches so we, we add more water to bring it all the way down to the uh, 36 proof at 18 percent i know it has a little bit of sugar in it but the the what's great about this it's not overly um sweet there's a sweetness to it but it's not it's almost like the same sweetness you would get from eating fruit or like a mm -hmm. coconut you know what i'm saying it's not like it's not overly done where where some of these things can be way uh, way too on the sweet side and my wife like she she likes it she just drinks it with um soda water with a squeeze of lime and it's like a very nice low abv spritz like in a hot day you know she doesn't like to drink you know heavy heavy cocktails and so there's a um i hate to mention another person's product on this but there's a fun drink that i put together there's a uh pineapple uh uh rum that's basically uh, made by another company. Yeah, that, plantation things. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's not, but that's not sweet either. Right. So, but if you put these two together, you want to make a pure alcohol pina colada. That's it. You really don't even have to add really much anything else. I just mix the, mix those two together. That is the bartender's it. handshake. All the all the sort of geeky dorky bartenders out there with you know. But uh, I, sorry if you guys are any of those geeky turkey bartenders, but they've got all the <laughs> tattoos and all the cufflinks and all the you know, with all the crap. But that's their little sort of secret bartender's handshake is that 50-50 mix of Mahina and Plantation. Really? <laughs> As a shot. They stole it from me. Yeah, they did. I was the only one who did that. That's, a, that's 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 kind of like that's kind of what I've understood to be the East Coast sort of bartender's handshake, and then the West Coast bartender's handshake they call a French Montana, and it's um. 50-50 white rum agricole, so like that cane blue that you guys tried before. Yeah. Um, half, half of the white rum, half white rum agricole, and the other half is like uh, Amaro, like Averna or or like Monte. One of these? Well, they did it with Montenegro, so that's why they call it the French Monte. Okay. <laughs> I have my I have my uh, Fernet Branca coin right here. Oh, there you go. So try oh. it with Fernet. I do a great dessert cocktail with shrub and fernet and espresso. Three oh, that parts. sounds good. Yeah. Espresso, really fernet, all equal parts, an ounce, an ounce, an ounce. And it's like, and you shake it, you shake it, and it comes out, it looks like a Guinness. It's like black and it's got a big froth on it. And you put a little orange zest over top. An ounce, an ounce, an ounce of what? Say it again. Fernet. Yeah. Creole shrub. Yeah. And chilled espresso. It's I like that. I'm going to have to make perfect, that now. It's the perfect after dinner drink. I did it. I created it with, um, with a bartender in New York, and we we did it at Asia to Cuba as a as the big sort of American Express like corporate dinner like you know gala it was like for forty people, but it was the dessert cocktail. All right, I got a new one. I got to try. All yeah. right, thanks, thanks, thanks a lot, Ben. That's a free one, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, somebody asked who who won the who won the uh, the coins because we were doing a Fernet Branca coin. I don't know uh, who got it. There's a couple more uh, kits over there, Fernet Branca. So. 
you could actually get a kit of Fernet Branca and you could get uh, a bottle of Creole shrub and uh, you could, you could start, we had a little kit going uh, over there with the little uh, Fernet Branca glasses. So you could actually make this if you got the Creole shrub and you got the coffee, you guys could, you could put one of these together. So um, easy peasy. So uh, keep that in mind too. All right, we'll go well with mastic, mastic and lemon. Yeah, mastic is, uh, I think that would be, Stephen, I think you might be right. The mastic would actually uh, go pretty well. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mega. Mega threw, put up the Fernet Jet Set, which is the one, the one we did. So Creole Shrub is on sale tonight, and you could grab the Jet Set, which has glasses in it, and you could put some of this together. All you get, the only missing ingredient is the uh, espresso. So... Uh, I wonder if you could do, do you think you could do like, um, what's the one I like the, um, it reminds me of the old Italian sport, but it's a uh, uh, Borghetti uh, espresso liqueur. Mm -hmm. That might be a neat one to do it with too, instead of using the espresso coffee, maybe using another liqueur to do it. So I might have to try that out because I think I got some of that at home. Mr. Black would be good. That would be another one you could, you okay. could use that with. I would just be getting right. too sweet, and uh, I I do like the coffee component. It's a, it's a kind of a pick me up with a yeah. Go at the same time at the end of dinner. That sounds really great. Hey Ben, I want to thank you so much for uh, oh my pleasure doing this for us this evening and uh, leading us through nine different uh, rum products. I can't say they were all rum, but I think everybody enjoyed even the ones that weren't. Um, so uh, Sarah, did you have your hand up? You wanna? Are you giving us a clap? I think she's giving us a clap. I get a thumbs up. Uh, does, anybody, does anybody have any questions? Before Ben goes, does anybody have any questions? Please take yourself off uh, off you, of mute. What I'll do is actually I'll end the uh, Facebook Live so you won't be up on Facebook. <laughs> up to 